I'm gonna make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent, buy or stream the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to The Best Movies You've Never Seen. My name is Stephen Fennick. Great to be with you. I'm joined by the person this podcast is named after. We could have called this the education of Trevor Long. Trevor, how are you going, mate? <laughs> yeah, really good. It just wouldn't have resonated with people thinking, who no, the hell is Trevor Long? <laughs> maybe not. This week, we've got a massive movie, Joker. Now, this was only released two years ago, 2019. I thought it's it's the show's all about sort of mixing it up between older shows, more recent shows, and this was only released in 2019. And it was, uh, I think... For those who haven't seen it yet, there is an opportunity for you to sort of get off the podcast, watch it, and then come back to us. But I think uh, this is, I think, a movie that had a massive, a massive reaction. It was released in 2019, an incredible trailer. I remember seeing the trailer for this, and it was just, it just the anticipation just went through the roof. Directed by Todd Phillips, who you may have known, you may have watched one of his earlier films. I think you would have. The Hangover. I think I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. So same guy who directed. That doesn't strike me as the because that's a that's a very different movie to is Joker, it, right? It, so in terms of director, if you had to pick, if you were a millionaire and you knew your directors but didn't know that fact, yeah. there's no way you'd pick that, would you? It was well. This was his first kind of departure from that sort of comedic sort of genre filmmaker. Yeah. But uh, he brought us The Hangover. Stars Joaquin Phoenix. Robert De Niro. They're the two main actors. Not a lot of other huge names in the cast. There is one that I will ask. I'm going to quiz you about later. I'm hoping that you'll recognise one of these guys in the movie. But I, I saw this in the cinema. You never, you've only seen it for the first time now. So tell us before you even watched a frame. What was your mindset? What were you expecting here? So I don't remember it, the trailer. I don't remember anything about it. But I obviously assumed it was somewhere based around Batman's Joker because obviously Joker is a character in the Batman universe but i should be clear for people that think i'm a complete goose yes i am i don't understand those universes i don't understand my son is into the marvel stuff i don't understand the 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 battle between the universes so this was very new to me i didn't know coming into this if this if this required me to have knowledge of 
the universe that Batman um, uh, elevated in. So that was, for me, the concern that, you know, it's such a fan-based thing. I worried that this was going to go way over my head. Did you did you think it was going to be like a full-on, like a superhero Marvel-esque sort of movie? Did it surprise you that it wasn't that? Um, without spoiling it, yes. Um, I did expect it to be a very different style of movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was. It grossed a billion dollars worldwide in 2019. But can you believe, right? It grossed a billion dollars at the box office, but was still only the sixth highest grossing wow. film of 2019. Can you believe it? The films that beat it was Avengers Endgame, which was a monster. Yeah. Lion King, Frozen Two, which I'm sure you've already seen. Yep. Spider Man: Far From Home. And Captain Marvel. So, you're, so of all those, pretty competitive. There, three of those are Marvel, aren't they? Well, they're all. There's a lot of superhero films that they got ahead of it. So you can just see what the box office was doing back yeah. then. But it was hailed at the Oscars. Eleven Oscar nominations for two wins. Joaquin Phoenix wins for best actor. Wow. And it also won an Oscar for best original score by Hilda Goodnatter. She's the composer. I think she's Dutch. And that's that's another great feature of the of the movie is the the soundtrack, which is there's just the cello. It's, she's playing a cello throughout the whole soundtrack. Incredible. Uh, I'm, I am delighted to hear about the Oscar for um, Joaquin because oh, we'll talk about that performance. Yeah, we will talk about that. That was that was acting. Oh, absolutely right. But the, Todd Phillips earned an Oscar nomination for Best Director. He was also nominated as co-writing uh, for Best Adapted Screenplay. Also had an Oscar nomination for Cinematography, among others. And was also greeted by fans of the Batman universe in a positive way. I think you can just imagine how there's a lot of sticklers for storylines. I see this with Star Wars fans. You know, that, that's not canon. That, that wouldn't have worked that way. So I think Todd Phillips got a little bit of leeway from the fans and from Warner Brothers too, the sort of the studio, who kind of let him create his own alternate universe for this because there are many other Jokers and many other storylines and origin stories, but this was purely his own, which I think he did a, a fantastic job with. Yeah, I was going to say because origin stories, I'm assuming this isn't the first time Joker's origin story has been written. No. It and that's why I wondered whether it would be controversial from a fan base. Absolutely right. Well, this is the point of the podcast we call The Last Exit Before the Freeway. We're going to get right into the scenes and we're going to give away a lot of spoilers. We're going to uh, take a deep dive. So this is your last chance. Uh, you can go away, though, and watch the film on Fetch. Fetch are proud sponsors of uh, the best movies you've never seen. And I watch all these movies through Fetch. I get the Fetch remote. I use the voice search and I just say, show me Joker. And straight up, First result was Joker, and I could see the, the the movie poster. I could tell it was the right one. I clicked on it, and uh, I was had the option of renting or buying. I chose to buy it because I feel like this is the kind of movie that we're going to have on the Fetch Box as one of our catalogs. We can go into my stuff, and I've got my catch-up content. I've got my recordings, but I've also got my movies. Anything I've bought sits there, easy to access, so that when I want Jackson to watch this movie, when he moves out of his Marvel universe – He'll uh, come along and he can watch this with me at any time. So you can get a Fetch box through your internet provider. A lot of internet providers offer Fetch as a subscription service, or you can go to Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi and get one for yourself. Fetch, proud sponsors of the best movies you've never seen, Stephen. 
Yes, uh, well, if you're still listening, it means you've you've watched the movie. We know we're now going to go into in depth in the film. And you know what? I just wanted there's a couple of comments people have made about listening to the podcast. They said that this is like a movie version of a book club. They say they love they <laughs> they love it when point. they get they know the movie that well, they they have to watch to yep. to participate in this kind of a book club setup. So uh, I reckon if if we get enough feedback, if we get enough engagement from people, I'd be open to finding a way to bring in uh, people's comments in advance. So we. We, we know the, the runway of shows we're going to watch. We could maybe bring some of those in into these same areas. You know, how would what would you tweet about it? What are your impressions and that kind of stuff? Maybe Absolutely. we could get some fan engagement on that as well. Okay, well, okay, we're uh, we've you've seen the movie now. So what what were your impressions after your first time watch? So first of all, I mean, it was much more brutal than I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't know yeah, why. I just violent, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. it was at a violent level that I I wasn't anticipating. Um, you mentioned when it was made, I had no idea it was that new. And so I'm yeah. like, oh, when Robert De Niro came out, because I like Robert De Niro. I couldn't name all his movies, but I've seen him in a lot of stuff, right? I went, oh, he's, he's quite old. Um, this is quite new. That was at that point I went, oh, this is very new. Um, yeah. But as soon as I understood that this was essentially an origin story, a prequel yeah. um, into, you know, what is Batman – I was all in because I was like, okay, now I get it. I hear this and I kept, and we'll talk about all the scenes, but I kept picking up things that even though I'm not a massive, you know, Batman, you know, fan, I don't know the universe. I was hearing things. And I so, mate, I, I was, I was impressed with it. I thought, mate, I, what you just said about all the Oscars makes perfect sense. I loved the cinematography. It's very dark. You know, it, it set the scene for Gotham City because, you know, this is a city that's, you know, being, being brought to ruin by crime and all that kind of stuff. So that darkness of it, you know, the, it was so well yeah, lit. It had a somber tone, didn't it? And and they're, they're in the middle of a, of a garbage strike. They're talking about super rats. And did you notice all the garbage bags stacked up on the yeah. sidewalk? It was really oppressive. They still do that in New York. But anyway, the, the, <laughs> the two things that stood out to me, quite weird, um, the apartment I thought was very well constructed it was very dark but dingy and it was yeah. it, it very it represented their lifestyle very well and also some of those scenes in uh like hospitals yeah you know long along alley uh long corridors and stuff yeah. they were they were just very well shot i i really liked the way it was shot um yeah it was a it was a it was a good movie and your tweet would be my my tweet would be batman fans looking for a backstory it's dark but it's worth a watch Joker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, as I said, I saw this in the cinema. Uh, I was a very big fan of Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. Uh, and if you're if right. you're a fan of, of the Batman franchise, I think you you would still appreciate this. I've seen it. I own it on disc and I've seen it several times. I, I would, I'd watch it. That means if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to watch it a few times. I have seen it probably five times, I reckon, now in the, in the last couple of years. Um, I can't believe it was the same director as The Hangover, Todd Phillips. Uh. But I did watch an interview with him, and he did say that the film, we'll talk about sort of the cast and, and how they did it later on in the film, but Joaquin Phoenix is very much a an on-the-spot kind of actor. Like, he he would, he needed to sort of to find something in the scene. And it was, he, he, Todd Phillips said, it's very much like filming a comedy because the goal in, a, in filming a comedy is all the improvisation and that he just lets them, just go for it, and and sometimes mm. it just produces in just magic. And in well, this instance, he said it was a similar thing with Joaquin Phoenix. He just let him go, and he would just come up with his stuff. Well, can, before we get into the nitty gritty of the scenes, I really want to talk about that because I I was blown away by his performance. So things that stood out to me were, I can imagine interviewing him 
and and him telling me the story of how he came up with the laugh because the laugh was so iconic like you could tell and we'll, we'll hear that later but so that to me stood out as something this was this felt like me hearing him as an actor really bring something to the show the other thing was how much did, weight did he lose for this performance because we'll those, talk about that later those, got those scenes that where where he's yeah. shirtless and he's he's you could basically see yeah. his skeleton mate it was just yeah. such a it was such a whole body performance do you know what i mean Absolutely. It, it was brilliant Hold in that, that sense sport. i've got something later for you for that one but no you're right it was just a remarkable performance and and his oscar i think everyone who was nominated in his category they would have said listen just give it to him now because yeah. we're done <laughs> he's got it um he was he's had a pretty varied career though like if you there was a great movie he was in as a child uh with steve martin called parenthood he played this young troubled little kid in this comedy he also appeared in gladiator remember with our our old mate russell crowe so he plays um the emperor's son in gladiator and also was in a more recent film that would sort of appeal to you as well i don't know whether you've seen it a movie called her where he has a relationship oh, with the, the operating system of his phone. Yes. So that was Joaquin Phoenix as well. So you can just see the various roles he's played and not not one of them are alike. Mm. So he's just such a chameleon and he can just disappear into the role. I wasn't watching Joaquin Phoenix. I was watching Arthur Fleck just yep. descend into madness in this movie. Yeah, no, I agree. Robert De Niro, of course, you've recognised him, legendary, legendary actor, Goodfellas. He was in Godfather Part Two, uh, and many other films. The other, the 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 woman, the memory's neighbour was that was played by Zazie Beetz. She was in the Atlanta TV series. You know that that series with um, Donald Glover. No, and he was she was also in the film Geostorm with Gerard Butler. But here's my quiz question for you, Trevor. The character who played Randall who was the guy who gave Arthur the gun early in the movie. Oh. What show was he in that we both like and that has just returned to to air with new episodes? You give up? Yeah, he's in – no, he's he's in Billions. Billions, correct. As, I'm trying to pick his part. He plays Axe's investigator, Oren Park. Yes. He's his yes. investigator, yes. Mm. So. He was he was poor old Randall. We'll talk about what happens to him in the movie. But yeah. let's start off with the memorable scenes. And look, right off the bat, you're seeing Gotham City. It, it looks pretty depressing. But there's this clown outside of this theatre or a store with a going out of business, and he's flipping his sign around. And yeah. uh, straight away, you see the kids steal his sign, and he's off chasing them down an alley. And he gets the absolute bejesus beaten out of him. Yeah. And he's laying on the ground. And I, I did notice with the, the and I think you noticed too in your notes the the water coming out of his flower. Yeah. He's just sort of pathetic figure. He's literally been ground. beaten to a pulp. He's lying, you know, uh, motionless. And it, this is this is this goes to the cinematography. Really low shot, dark alley, uh, dim lit, but you know, he's he's clearly visible and this this flower, you know, a uh, prop yeah. flower just squirts the water just drips out you know and it's just like that's the death of a clown you know it was, it was do you reckon that, that was, was in camera do you reckon that happened that happened in camera or was that a special effect they added later do you reckon they just sort of or was that just a happy accident that that water poured out at the right time it was remarkable i'm glad you noticed that oh mate i i don't know i'd be amazed that was really cool it yeah. strikes me as the sort of thing someone went mate make the flower you know squirt but not squirt <laughs> lose its water there was a person on set whose job it was to make the flower squirt. Is that what yes, you said? Yes, exactly. All right. But it did set the scene. The, yep. the city is sort of really – it's a bit of a powder keg going on. There's a 
garbage strike and all this unease. And it's uh, it really set the tone right off uh, from the opening scene. And then it moves to this this point where he's sitting in a room, he's smoking, he's with this woman who's kind of talking to her. But I was quite struggling at that point with who this woman was. Was he at a psychiatrist? Was this a parole officer? Like, I, I literally couldn't work it out. And then this began the laughing too. You know, this this weird laughter, a very distinct laughter. Um, and then I think I think it was actually a really good good shot, solid shot of the of the woman. You could see a badge that said something like social services. I realized yeah. it was something to do with, you know, therapy. It was something to do with social services. Because she started talking about did you bring your journal? And and he mentioned there that that he was keeping a journal, but he was also writing jokes. Um, and that's where you kind of first hear that he's, you know, thinks that he's gonna be a comedian essentially. Yeah. Very int- that was an interesting kind of setup for me because it didn't it w- I struggled to make sense of it. Yeah, so straight away you knew that he was sort of I think there was a, he says oh you know uh, um you asked me if I'm having any negative thoughts he goes I've got nothing but negative thoughts. So you know that okay this is a troubled individual here and yeah. we're going to follow he, him with interest. And next scene we see is him uh, on the bus heading back home and he's uh, there's a kid sort of sitting on the back of the seat and he's trying to make him laugh and the woman sort of rudely says, oh, look, can you stop stop bothering my kid? And that's when we see him break out into this into this laughter. <laughs> now, that was actually... Part of it was for that scene taken on the bus, but someone actually went to the trouble of stitching together all his laughter on, yeah. on, on YouTube. So that That's was, what I mean about it being quite an iconic laugh and something yeah. you could imagine he brought literally to the character. Yeah. Um, then he pulls also, out his card. As he says, look, yeah. he hands the card over and, and I like how the card says, sorry, I'm laughing, I have a condition. Please turn over. Then it explains, yes, it's a medical condition. And then please return the card. <laughs> what it says on it. But you know what's and, interesting? And yeah. I mentioned this later on, but at that moment I went. She didn't give the card back. I, I thought she did. No, she didn't. Give I the didn't card see back. her give the card back. Okay. And I well, think that becomes relevant later on. Okay. In, yes, in a very okay. small way. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. Good pickup. Okay, good pickup. So, so then, because yeah. then, then we move into this thing where he's at, he's at, he's in an apartment with his mum. You realise that he's living at home with his mum. He's very much caring for her because he's you know brought her dinner. But you know they sit together. He jumps on the bed with her to watch this. Murray Franklin show. It's clearly like a Jay Leno style, you know, it's a talk, late night talk show. But he goes, he then drifts away to his fantasizing. You realize later that he's fantasizing, that he's in the audience. Um, he stands up in the audience. Um, the host of the show, Murray Franklin, De Niro's character, singles him out because he yelled out, you know, I love you. And he talks to him and he brings him down. And it's this really engaging moment. And it, it's not until after that that you realize that whole thing was a dream. And, and it, it was literally just him visualizing himself as a comedian yeah. on stage with Murray Franklin. That was interesting. When, when you first see that, you're thinking, you're thinking at the start, you're thinking, is this for real? Is he remembering this for real? Then you remember, he's obviously having these fantasizing that, yeah. uh, you know, if I had a son, I'd want him to be just like you. And uh, he, he was sort of dreaming out loud there. But we we move on to, like, he, he he's a clown for hire. I think Ha Ha's is the name of his agency. <laughs> and we find out that uh, he's one of his co-clowns, you call it, co-worker. Randall found out that he got bashed up, sees the bruise on his back, and he goes, yeah, yeah mate, take this. And he gives him a gun. Yeah. He says, look, here, this is for you to protect yourself. There's animals out there. And he goes, oh, I've never, I've never owned a gun. And Randall lays it on him. And he says, um, he says, I'm not allowed to have a gun. 
in he actually in the next few scenes and stuff he, he's kind of with the gun he actually accidentally fires the gun in his in his apartment there's a whole bunch of things <laughs> yeah. that yeah. that happen with the gun but you know essentially he's he's like a you know he's a scrawny little clown that Randall thinks needs to have something for self defense but the problem is and then the next scene that we're going to talk about is He's got the gun with him, and he's also he's a dancing clown. He's not just funny. He's not just you know crazy outfits, but he dances, and he's in a children's ward, and he's clearly bringing joy to these kids, and they're dancing and singing, and it's lovely. But the gun drops out of his out of his outfit onto the floor, <laughs> and the gasp, you know, yeah. of the of the medical workers. And if from you that look point, at the background. There's I, I looked at the reactions of there's all. A, the, yeah, there's the, a guy the, in the corner. The guy go, what the hell? Yeah. And he, so the gun drops, and at that, that point, you realize he's going to be in trouble, and he's in a phone booth. Uh, with the boss of Haha's, who is yeah. another actor I recognise, by the way, because he's yeah. in Law and Order, yep. among other things, um, and he's, he gets the sack, so he loses yeah. his job as a bloody clown. Yeah, he gets fired, and uh, but mate, the pivotal scene is the ne- this next scene where you got to remember he's he's despondent, right? He's lost yep. his job, he's going home, but he's got his gun, and he's on a train. And he's he's seeing these these three people harassing this woman on the on the train, yep. and he just he can't help it. He he didn't have his card. You're right. You would have thought he would have produced his card to say See that, oh, because they these these three Wall Street you know yuppies come up to him because he's laughing. They he starts singing you know uh, where's the clown, and yeah, and the clowns and yeah. he starts laughing. And it's at that point where he he I'm sure he pats his his chest as if looking for the card. Right. Okay. I didn't if notice that. All over. the times I've seen it, I, I just thought he didn't want to produce it, didn't see the opportunity to produce it, but no, that, you could be right. It's interesting because I saw it as him being not it. able to produce it because I'm pretty confident that well, woman doesn't give it back. Do you think they would have even paid attention if he had to pull the card out? They just would have thrown the card away. If he no, but think, in, think of it as a sliding doors moment where if he had to pull the card out and they'd have uh, laughed at him more and, and walked away, would he have killed right. him? Maybe, maybe. Well... That was that will what they end up beating the crap out of him, and then he just turns around and just goes boom boom. Two of them dead on the train, and then he waits for the other guy to come off the platform, and then finishes him off as well, and and then we're off to the races. They, they, this is the moment where the the film sort of takes a pretty big turn, and you suddenly hear it about the clown vigilante, and there's three Wall Street people that are killed, and that just further divides the community. Because critically, this is front page news, of course, that three young Wall Street uh, executives or Wall Street traders have been killed on a train or at a train station. That's front page news, despite the crime you know that exists in Gotham City, um, and that a clown is essentially a suspect if someone in a clown mask is reported. Yeah. Um, but the, the the big thing here you need to understand, I guess, about this movie being part of the the Batman universe as opposed to just a story about a bloke who's gone crazy and you know shoots someone is because Gotham. Has has degraded into such a city, the the people see this as a as a vigilante act, um, yeah. and so there's essentially an uprising in support of the clown as well, opposed to like, being against the, the the death. I liken this to lighting a fuse on the powder keg because yeah. this this is when people started rioting and gathering and protesting. So it really sets up it sort of puts puts it up there sets up the next part of the film and what's what you can expect to happen later on in the movie. But it doesn't just then you know disappear into this whole you know outrageous violence and stuff because you you know he goes on with life because there's clowns everywhere he's not initially a suspect he's not even part of the you know search so he's just going on with life because then we get to see him do his first stand-up comedy gig and at this point by the way he's had conversations with the neighbor she's in the audience at the comedy gig so it's kind of like they're going out um to watch but wasn't it him on stage laughing and yeah he gets up and he essentially bombs and here's some audio of this is arthur 
at a, at a pretty packed stand-up comedy club. I hated school as a kid. <laughs> My mother would say, you should enjoy it. One day you'll have to work for a living. No, I won't, Ma. I'm going to be a comedian. <laughs> You'd and you know what? Laugh at your own jokes, but I like that. People, Mate, <laughs> but but that, that, that whole scene, right? Oh, as painful. you just said, painful to watch. Wow! Yeah, but again, it, it sets. Mate, there's so much. This is what I love about this movie: is so much well done moments. This little yeah. moment is scripted to show that he doesn't bomb completely because he does seemingly go on to do a performance of some sort. Yeah. Um, it shows. You know that that he's really is trying to be a comedian. It's not just some silly you know thing in his head, um, but it's just it's painful to endure. So I, I thought that was very well done. Yeah, but uh, he he's with his neighbour and they they he's out in the street and starts seeing he for the first time sees the headlines on the newsstands, the clown vigilante. I think he sees a like a sketch artist of the of the of the clown who committed the crime and. He tries to match his facial expression, and then he sees, uh, I think, uh, a clown mask in a car driving by. Yes. So suddenly we're seeing people are responding to this whole clown thing, starting to wear masks, wear makeup in the streets as a sign of like a uh, their own form of expression of their about how they're part of this repressed community. That sort of it's the rich v the poor and privileged v non privileged. So really, sort of ups the stakes in this whole this whole powder keg of Gotham City. And then, then there's this moment where um, a name comes back into the show that was earlier mentioned, and we didn't mention it. I forgot to mention it, but when he's when he's with his mum, she keeps talking about, did you check the mail? Has there any mail from Thomas Wayne? And it was at that point, and then again now reinforced in the movie, where I'm going, okay, this Wayne thing, that's ringing bells with me. You know, <laughs> Not as a massive Batman fan, I'm remembering something. I'm pretty sure Batman is Bruce Wayne. I'm pretty sure... Wayne is yeah. is a big part got, of the Batman thing. Right. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, you got that right. So, so this Thomas Wayne, I'm thinking, you know, who is this guy? How does this relate to the universe? I start now thinking about the universe as opposed to this movie. Yep. Um, and so he he actually at this point he essentially intercepts a letter from his mum. So his mum says she's been sending Thomas Wayne letters, and because she used to work for him, and Thomas Wayne talks about how they're all family, and she thinks they're, you know, they're obviously living in a bad way. She wants to, you know, write to him for support. But instead of posting this letter, seemingly for the first time, he opens it, and the letter talks about how, you know, their son, his son, and it's yeah. you have this aha moment <laughs> where you're like, hang on a minute, this woman, um, you know, Joker's mum, is essentially suggesting that Penny, Thomas, Penny Fleck, her name is Thomas yeah. Wayne, is Arthur's father. And so all this thing is you're sitting in your head, you're going, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. So the Joker is Thomas Wayne's son. And I'm immediately going, wait, I had to pause the movie and go, hang on a minute. Thomas Wayne's son is the Joker, but hang on, isn't Thomas Wayne's son also Bruce Wayne? Wait a minute. Batman <laughs> and Joker are brothers? Like I'm literally like mind blown moments. Half brother at least, eh? Yeah, wow. So no, that was that was interesting. It, it kind of sets up the next scene where he goes out to Wayne Manor. And he actually, I think, what are the odds he turns up at the gate and sees Bruce Wayne near the gate? But anyway, that's uh, how they how they do that. <laughs> what are the odds that on a on a two hundred hectare property, this at the gate, seemingly yeah. nine year old kid is is playing on play equipment that's right next to the fence? Yeah, and and we're looking at, of course, Bruce Wayne, who is the future Batman, 
and he's performing tricks. And then he made I turned my stomach when he stuck his thumbs in his mouth to make him smile. Did you think? Oh I'm, yeah, take it out. Who knows where that thumb's been? But <laughs> it's a very. But it did for me. It was disturbing. Yeah. I, again, now on reflection, watching the Creepy. whole movie, yeah. it sets something up about Bruce Wayne's character. Yeah. Right? He didn't run away when this random dude sticks his fingers in his mouth. and get. He also doesn't run away, spoiler alert, when his parents are killed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. something about this kid that's not normal. Of course. But then the person, I think one of the people who work on their estate comes up and goes, who are you? And then says, oh, you know, you're delusional. He learns of his mother's delusions and says, oh, your mother was committed to a Arkham Asylum and and then he sort of said, no, don't say that. What do you mean? Like he's sort of starting to question what, what happens here. And then uh, so we've got your, what you thought. Uh, well, hang on a minute. Is, is, is Batman Joker's brother or who's telling the truth? We've got two, so, we've got two potential storylines where yeah. um, Joker is Batman's half-brother or Joker's mum is mentally deranged, delusional, and is making up a whole story, of which she's not making it up just for, for Arthur. She's been making it up since – Arthur was born, so for thirty odd years. Um, so we've got these two storylines. But then, you know, he goes back home and discovers his mother being rushed to hospital in a in a in an ambulance. She's had a stroke. Detectives come to the hospital to question him. So there's there's this whole real evolution now of you know escalating his presence essentially in front of police, which is kind of fascinating and, and critical yeah. to the whole show now. But while he's in hospital too, his mother's the, like unconscious in the bed, and he he flicks on Murray Franklin show. And who does he see on the show but himself? Someone back in when when this movie took place, I'll tell you the year later on. I'll, I'll get you to guess what year it was, but let's just say that it was before people had phones to film stuff. Yeah. Someone manages to slip in a video camera somehow in the comedy club and they filmed his act. And Murray Franklin plays that clip on his show and how he introduced the clip, he said, check out this joker. And then they play the clip. And, so. and basically the point here is that this is a kid, Arthur, now an adult, who's been watching this show with his mum forever. Like this has been their show to watch every night. And now he's seen himself on the show in raptures, but he also realises this guy's taken the mickey out of him. Like he's he's not respecting him as a comedian. He's actually the butt of the joke. And that's... Like that's do, a, you think, do you think he thought that though? I thought he was happy to see himself. I don't think he could... I don't think he had that... Um, that emotion to be offended. He, he saw himself on there thinking, wow, this is amazing. He, I think he thought that it was a good thing. Don't you reckon? Yeah, I thought uh, my take was that, no, he originally thought, no, this is not good. Yeah. Um, you know, he's happy. He's excited to see himself on the show, but he realizes that it hasn't come across brilliantly. His, his act. Um, the, the, the thing is then at this point, you've got this, this problem where he's had this confrontation at the Wayne Manor. He definitely wants to confront Thomas Wayne. Cause that's what he wants. He wants now, He's, he wants to have his mother's letters answered, and he's going to go direct. So he sneaks into a Charlie Chaplin movie. Thomas yep. Wayne's in the in the royal seats, essentially. He sees him go essentially out to the bathroom, and he he meets him in the bathroom, and confronts his potential father, who tells him that his mother's deranged again, tells him that he's adopted, and um, Thomas Wayne punches him in the face, like fair and square in the face. Yeah, remember he starts laughing. He goes, "What you think this is funny?" And because he doesn't reply, he just goes boom and just pops him on the nose, and then. Sort of again, we're thinking now. Uh, he he tells him that he's adopted, so he's you can just imagine his mental state is fragile already, and him learning of this, which leads us to the next scene where 
he gets the, gets the call from the Murray Franklin show to appear. So the, the talent booker has found his number somehow and said, look, would you like to come on the show? Uh, uh, Murray would love to meet you, have you on the show. And he's, he immediately says, so who's this again? And, and then he eventually says, oh, of course, yeah, I'll come on the show. And see, I read that, I interpreted that as being, oh, this is awesome, but also this is my opportunity. Yeah. And not opportunity to make it as a comedian, but this is yeah. where his mind is now moving on to a whole different tact. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it, that's why I didn't, I didn't see it at all as being positive that there's those clips appeared on the show. So, you know, yeah. that, that, that was a critical moment there, but you know, this is him. He's going to appear on the show. He's, he's going to be on the Murray Franklin show, but again, at the same time, he's now trying to investigate this whole situation with his life. So he goes to this, you know, Arkham hospital to uh, Arkham state hospital to, find the medical records from his mother's um, apparent breakdown or his birth, yeah. whatever it might be. And this guy goes down, finds records that are 30 years old. And I think he's about to essentially hand them over to him. But then he admits to this guy that he's essentially having psychotic delusions. And so the guy's like, well, hang on a minute. I'll tell you a little bit. But then yeah. after that, you need to get your mum to come and, uh, <laughs> and and sign out the records. But he, he yeah. reaches through the bars, grabs the records, runs like buggery, and then he starts reading all this stuff about his mother's psychiatric breakdown and, uh, you know, yeah. he's, he's essentially lost the plot at this point, hasn't or he? How, but also he learns, too, that not only was his mum in, in a serious mental condition, but also, too, that he'd been beaten as a child, he was adopted, that, you know, the, the condition that he had, he thought was a psychiatric condition. It was actually the result that you learn of him being beaten up as a child. Yeah, so he's now filled with his anger and thinking, who, who, who is his my mother? Like he, he did. He's really sort of reached a point now where, well, now let's talk about the very next scene. He returns to hospital and suffocates his mother, thinking, look, you know what? I thought my life was a tragedy, but you know what? It's a comedy. And then he pulls out the pillow and just and, and just smothers his Boom, mother. Smothers her. And, and he's just now, well, all bets are off now. Yes, and you're just wondering the next step is what's going to come next. There's yeah, this because whole it's, unpredictability. It's really at there. this point because he's confronted Wayne, he's killed his mum. You're like, well, okay, this is obviously this is now we've ticked over. This is Joker. <laughs> this is hang on. So the body count, the body count's now four. He's killed three people on the train. He's now killed his mother. So what's going to happen? <laughs> um. So and the next bit is probably one of the most brutal. <laughs> Parts of the movie, and it's when he's at home. His mum's dead, um, and there's a knock on the door. He opens the door, and two of his clown mates come to visit him. Hey, Arthur, how's it going? Oh, hey guys, come on in. Did you uh, get a new kick? No. Oh, you must be going down to that rally at City Hall. I hear it's going to be nuts. Was oh, that today? Yeah. What's with the makeup then? My mom died. Celebrating. Right. Uh, we heard. That's that's why we came by. I figured uh, you could use some cheering up. Oh, that's sweet. But no, I feel good. I stopped taking my medication. I feel. <laughs> Mate, stop taking his medication. <laughs> he then he then pulls out a pair of scissors and just stabs Randall in the neck and the eye, and it's far out, man. That's some yeah, brutal stuff. Brutal. Yeah, well, that was that was such a shock to see that for the first. Uh, you didn't expect it, although when no, he does grab the scissors when he hears the door knock, and and also so, the other part, and I actually thought it was a foreshadowing moment in this in this scene. 
where he latched the door, shut yeah. the door and latched and they it. came in, yeah. And I thought to myself, after he yeah. killed the bloke, I thought to myself, that little bloke's not never getting out. <laughs> but he was, and you could see him in the corner, cowering in the corner, going, oh, he was really scared. But he he said to him, he goes, no, he goes, I oh, forget that little the character's name. He said, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt you, because you were the only one who was nice to me. And don't you think these moments, this is one of those moments in a movie where you go, that didn't go as I expected. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, he so he he unlatches the door for him and this little guy's like scared. And he can't, no, first he tries to leave, he can't reach it. That's what I'm saying. When he tries to get past him and he scares him, he goes, oh. That's what I'm saying. It was such, I saw that happening because he latched the door when they came in. But he does, he then he opens the door for him and I thought he's he's just going to bash the door in his head. Like I assumed, all the way through, I assumed he was going to kill him. He was gone, yeah. But he didn't. No, well, this so this was the day where he was getting ready to go to the Murray Franklin show. Yeah. So here's the scene where he dyes his hair green, he puts on the makeup, puts on the nice suit, and then does that famous dance down those long stairs. You know those stairs that yeah. we see earlier in the movie. He's trudging up those stairs. See now that he's, now now yeah. I get why you go to these buddy movie venues when we travel the world together. Yes. Like, yes. Stephen, we'll I want to go to the later. stairs. We'll talk about that later, where they are. But, but interestingly, the, can I just say, yeah. in this before that, he's dressed up, he leaves his apartment, he goes into what is a, a, allegedly the girlfriend's apartment, yeah, and she doesn't know he's coming, and the daughter's just gone to bed, and she comes out, she's scared. It's at that moment you realise she was never his girlfriend, she was a yeah. figment of imagination, and I'm pretty sure he uh, killed her. I reckon. All yes. Right. So that, that happened earlier. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, she, and he says, look... Look, my daughter's asleep. Just, just leave. And yeah, right. So you reckon that he imagined all that stuff? Yes. Because remember, there was a scene where he followed her. Yes. And she said, "Oh, look, were you? Was that you following me today?" Yes. And then because she worked in a bank, she said, oh, "I was hoping you'd rob the place." She goes, "Look, I've got a gun. I can come tomorrow." Yeah. And <laughs> then they, they they hooked yeah, up. Right. So you he, thought that was just he imagined that? I in my oh, mate. Yeah, can you right. please get in touch with the director? In my mind, yeah. that whole relationship was imaginary. Okay, no, because there was a, the scene, I think the scene that you're thinking of was when there was a bit where he come in and he, he came into her apartment and just kissed her. Remember that he just walked in? That no, that's, probably... So that's earlier. No, I, I think all okay. of that is imaginary. Okay. I think all of that is imaginary. Cause, I, think, yeah. I think the bit where he, he goes into her apartment after his mum died, okay, before he killed the clowns. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, right, he okay. sits down. She's like, oh, my God, who the hell are you and what are you doing here? It wasn't, she didn't say, she didn't come out of the room with the daughter and say, Arthur, what are you doing here? She yeah. said, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" Yes, right. Like, it okay. was an. She didn't know who he was. Okay. And he right. killed her. I'm telling you right now. Add oh, her right. and the daughter to the body count. Oh no. Okay. Well, he's he's at the <laughs> point now. <laughs> he's at the point now where he's doing this famous and so many people have imitated this dance down the stairs yeah. with his nice suit. And then when he's got to, heading towards the bottom of the stairs, the two detectives are back there, and they go Arthur. And then he he does he he runs off. They chase him onto the train. And don't forget, this was the day of the big rally. Yes. So he gets on the train, trains packed full of people going to the rally, all dressed up in clown outfits, clown masks, makeup. The detectives get on the train. They lose him on the train. Then the people, they, I think the detective fires a shot, and then everyone just turns on the detectives. And I don't think they get killed, but they get seriously no, injured. And they get it allows him to get away. It yeah. stacks on, allows him to get away, and essentially make his appearance at the the TV show. So he's he's backstage, he's in his dressing room, and he's, as is quite common with these talk shows, so there's a knock on the door and the host comes to meet the guest quickly, a, a little quick, you know, how do you do? Um, and 
he meets Murray. And I think this is a really important part because it goes back to what you said earlier about how Murray referred to him on the show. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? Yeah, because so, he, he said, oh, why would you want that? Because when you well, I was on your show, you said, well, take a look at this Joker. And, so and Murray Franklin was responsible for naming the Joker. There you go. And that's that's these are all cool parts of the of the, you know, the origin story, isn't it? And the other things that, you know, we, we've seen throughout this lead up is he's rehearsing his his appearance on the Murray Franklin show yes. by acting it out in, as, as, as it happens the night before to the point where he rehearses a knock knock joke after which he kills himself. So we now all in in the mind yes, of the viewer. I'm waiting. This was this was got me when I first saw this. Like, because there were a couple of times where he had his gun and he even practiced it in the dressing room, put it under his chin. Yep. I'm thinking, what are we going to see here? What yes. is going to go on? I reckon my theory here is right, and we're going to explain what happens later. My theory is that he changes he changes midstream. I agree. I reckon he was planning to do the, to neck himself live on the TV. Yes. But change just shifted. And I tell you why that happened because he. He didn't do it when he was meant to, and he let slip that he was the killer of those three yeah, Wall Street guys. Got nothing to lose, you know, and, whatever. And Murray then becomes a you know serious interviewer, and he, I think in his mind Murray becomes the enemy as opposed to being the idol. Yeah. So there's no way he went to that show wanting to kill the host of the show because he was his idol. And he does it. I think Boy. he does it because. Is that shocking? Tell, tell me out of ten how shocking that was for you when that happened. Oh, it was an eleven for me when I first saw it. It was a four or five for me. I, I oh, so you as, anticipated that this could be happening as soon as he didn't kill himself. Uh-huh. As soon as he didn't do the knock knock joke and kill himself, I went right. This is gone. He's really? he's on. He's. I thought he was just gonna, you know, spray yeah. them all. Wow. But the, the, it was. It was. The, there's so many things about that, right? Because again, critically, in terms of um, scripting, directing, acting, right? This scene alone, he shoots him in the head. Yeah. It's chaos in the in the room, and yeah. then he stands up and he shoots him again, yeah. and he doesn't run away. <laughs> he he doesn't run away. Yeah. He's just standing there, wandering around. He, he goes up to the yeah. camera. So yeah. this is the point where you realise this guy is not just delusional. He's not just you know a psychopath. He is the Joker. Like I feel like that's the moment where it's a, yeah. it's the proper transition into being oh, the yeah. Joker. Oh, yeah. But he, some, he, well, he, he gets arrested and he's in the back of the squad car and they're taking him back to, to the police station. And by now, though, the rally has escalated into a full-blown riot. So full swing, the riots are in full swing. And then he gets rammed by a hijacked ambulance. So they see this police car. You see the driver is a guy with a clown mask on. Yep. He rams the car. I don't know whether he kills the officers, but they're unconscious. He gets out of the car He's now he's on the standing on top of the car, and they're sort of hailing him as this new clown master. Yes, and so it's just the whole place is descended into chaos. And meanwhile, over on the other side of town, Thomas Wayne leaves a venue with his wife and Bruce, yeah. and another guy dressed as a clown shoots Thomas Wayne and his wife right in yes. front of Bruce. And see, this is the moment. This that was more of a shock to me than than the other bloke. Not that they were shot because I knew that would happen because I know Bruce Wayne's parents are killed. But all the way along, once I realized this Joker versus Bruce Wayne thing, I assumed that in this movie, Joker would kill Batman. So you thought Arthur Fleck was going to kill. Correct. Right. Okay. So, because there was a, I don't know whether you've seen the 1989 Batman. So with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as the Joker. No, but I desperately want to watch it now. Yeah. It's brilliant. And, and, 
directed uh, by uh, Tim Burton. And the scene, spoiler alert, you know, the Wayne fa- parents get killed. But oh, we know that now, yeah. It's the Joker in that film before he becomes the Joker who kills the Wayne family. See, Wayne. okay, so maybe maybe that was in my head. So maybe yeah, I did know maybe. that. Because and I think Jack Nicholson, before he was the Joker, says, oh, have you ever danced with the devil in the in the cold moonlight? And that's the same line he uses to Batman. And Batman says, Michael Keaton says to him at the, in that scene, says, you created me. You're the one who created Batman because of what yeah. you did to my parents. Yeah, so right. no, I, I can understand why you would sort of think that, assume that, that he was going to get around to finishing off the Waynes as well. But, I, I, I've got one yeah. more scene to talk about. Then I do want to talk about the the... I guess the trajectory of this universe, yeah. these these things, but the, the 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 weird thing about this movie is, and it, it sets up the conversation. But he he doesn't die in that crash. He he he's held as some sort he of hero. Fake. Yeah. But but in some way, he is also then captured because he's his next scene in some sort yeah, of in, uh, in interrogation, sort of asylum, yeah. Yeah. sanitarium again with a, a woman who you don't quite know who she is. Yeah. And there's this conversation. But the final shot is him walking out in footsteps of blood, so he's clearly killed her yeah. as well. Well, is that symbolic? Is that happening? Like you see him sort of getting chased up and down the hallway. Yeah, it's sort this of left goes up to my point air. about so yeah. much of it being imagination and some of it being real. And yeah, so, true so that's what, a really interesting take on it because looking back on it, you see his mental state and whether. Like how much of that actually happened and how much of it was playing in his head. I'm, I'm going to watch it in a whole say, new way now. You have to watch it again. Yeah. I'm going to watch it in a whole new way now. So so what I want to understand now is, because now knowing this is only two years old, does this, and again, I understand these universes are a money-making exercise, right? So yeah. more movies you're really Is there a about. sequel, you reckon? Uh, is there a sequel and do they, do they bring in, like, the problem with Batman is there's multiple Batman movies as well, isn't there, which yeah. are all different stories. So yep. do you go to the Michael Keaton and Jack Nick- What's that? Nicholson? Nicholson. Yeah. I nearly said Jack Nicholas. That's the golfer. <laughs> He's a golfer. Jack, yeah. Jack Nicholson um, yeah. movie. Do Because I, I understand that's the best one, right? But there's there's a whole debate oh, about that, that's, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's debatable. It's debatable, like, right? The but, original one. Yeah, but yeah. which one do you choose to follow the path of? Because imagine this one goes off and you have that moment where you find out that actually – um, Bruce all along has thought it was the Joker because all he remembers was a clown, but actually it wasn't the Joker because the Joker yeah. was, you know, well, see what I mean? There are rumours of a sequel, so it's it's not official. There's rumours that there's a Joker. Well, we go to the cinema with Buffer Zone, but well, yeah, mate, yeah, definitely. But um, <laughs> again, I think uh, he, he Todd Todd Phillips said he goes, well, they basically gave us the license to create our own universe here, so you can just imagine the free reign he would have yeah. for Joker Part yeah. Two. But let's move on to the, the our favourite lines. Did you catch the line? Um, the from from the get go, there were line, good lines in the movie from the start. Yeah, because one of the ones I liked, and when we've got audio of it, it was about how crazy it was in the town. Is it just me, or is it getting crazier out there? That, 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 that's in minute. That's in minute two of the movie, like early, early in the movie. Because he's that's in in that scene where he's sitting with the yeah. doctor, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yeah, we don't know who the, she is. The psychiatrist. Yeah. You, you, um, but you yeah, that, who she is, that, but that really starts up the process of going. What's going on with this yeah. guy? What's happening? And and then he's got his journal. Did you know? Did you catch glimpses of his journal? Do you remember when yeah, he was a naked a, woman in there? In a comedy club, yeah. yeah. Pages like a centerfold stick stuck in there. But but again, yeah. uh, Stephen, that yeah. plays into my theory that the relationship with the woman was completely. 
fake. You're right. That, yeah, that, yeah. that centerfold. I'm not going to watch this the same again. I that centerfold is her. In his right. mind, it's a, okay, okay. it's a, it's a woman of color naked in his joke book. Yeah, right. That's his imagination of his it, fake girlfriend down the hall. Did you pause it then and and look at his notebook or not? No, I just That's I noticed it and deep, and it played into dive. my theory. Joker's notebook, deep dive. We can pause it later. Uh, one of the other quotes that I liked was um, that he has. Oh, my mother always told me to smile and put on a happy face. You know, and yeah. then the, the, that he says it a couple of times, doesn't he? He does, he does. And but the the very last near near the end. Remember when he's he's on the back of the cop car and he stands up. And all his makeup is all messy, but he's got all blood in his mouth. Oh yes! And he draws a smile with his the blood. blood. That was that was unbelievable. He did a really good job. Too. Oh, that was that's what I was going to say. That's such a great. I was going to say, face. how many times did they yeah. do that for him to use the fake blood that he's got a blurble around in his mouth, which can't be yeah. easy as an actor yeah. to draw an utterly perfect. It was it was perfect. smile. Yeah, perfect. So then then the the moment before he killed his mum, where he where yeah. he where he says. I thought my life was a tragedy, but it was actually a comedy. Yeah, he's actually oh, wow. said it was a, actually an effing comedy, but we won't say that here. But yeah. and then he uh, he pulls out the he pulls out the uh, the pillow and then uh, proceeds to kill his mum. But I think the, there's a really good sequence when he was on the Murray Show. It's sort of when he admits to killing the three Wall Street guys, and he goes off on a bit of a rant. Yes. Oh, why is everybody so upset about these guys? If it was me dying on the sidewalk, you'd walk right over me. Yeah. I'd pass you every day and you don't notice me. But these guys, what, because Thomas Wayne would cry about them on TV? You have a problem with Thomas Wayne. Too. Yes, I do. Have you seen what it's like out there, Murray? Do you ever actually leave the studio? Everybody just yells and screams at each other. Nobody's civil anymore. Nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy. You think men like Thomas Wayne ever think what it's like to be someone like me? To be somebody but themselves, they don't. They think that we'll just sit there and take it like good little boys, that we won't werewolf and go wild. So that, that to me, what he said there, you know, despite him admitting he's a murderer, what he said there about how, you know, if it was me on the ground, no one would pay attention. Do you think Wayne appreciates what's going on here? Yeah. That's actually probably the most sensible thing he said in the whole movie. So it's really true to the what was which, happening. Which is also, conversely, the weird moment of clarity where he goes, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to yeah. kill Murray. Murray. <laughs> Do you know but what I mean? That was, a brutal That's thing. the moment. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. Alrighty, we're going to move on to the section of uh, how did that happen? There's a couple of I've got a, I've got a two or three things here to discuss. There was one, and I think they should have put a little warning on the screen here. Kids don't try this at home, where he locks himself in his fridge. So he pulls out he pulls out all the stuff out of his fridge, and it was one of those old fridges that clicks shut. So it wasn't the one with the magnets that just open when you push it from the inside. Hmm. He locks himself in a click lock fridge. Did you see that scene? I don't even remember this happening. The, the detectives were leaving messages on his answering machine, and he literally takes everything out of his fridge. I reckon he probably improv the whole thing and just puts himself in the fridge and shuts the door. I, I, my question is, how, who, who let him out? Yeah, of who it? let him out? Yeah, who <laughs> let him out? Uh, my other question is, how did he not get caught for those murders? Like, because you got to remember, 
they would have had the ballistics report. They would have had the the weapon, not the weapon. They would have had the bullets at least. Well, I think no. I, I don't, I've not challenged that at all because I think about it. It's a time scale thing, and we'll talk about that apparently. But uh, when it was the kind of ballistics that were available, um, the best they would have had was um, identikit, and it was a bloody clown, and there was no, there was no one that really yeah. saw it anyway. He sort of dot, he was sort of. And it also seems like a very short time frame, like of days. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was only a few days. You're right. Uh, my other, my last question is, um, how the hell did he get the gun in the studio? It's, a, it's, it's. I, I know they don't. I know whenever you go to the Today Show, they don't, they don't put you through a metal detector, do they? No, they don't. So it's uh, the getting the gun in the studio. Security obviously wasn't pretty big back then, was it? So yeah, and also it's that, you know yeah. it's Gotham City, is it like America, show. where people just bloody carry guns? I yeah. mean, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, things you might not know, Trev. There's yep. one scene. Do you remember the scene when uh, he got fired? Yep. And then he says, he goes, you know what? I haven't punched out yet. And he punches the punched, clock until yeah, yeah. it falls off the wall. Yep. Apparently that was improvised. See, that wasn't in the wow. script. They just all stood there and thought, what the hell is this guy doing? And he just punched the clock wow. until it came off the wall. And they thought, how good is this? Now, you're gonna, this, this might make you laugh, Trev. There is actually a link to this movie with Crocodile Dundee. What? I'll tell you now, the platform where where uh, Arthur shoots the last guy, remember on the platform, he's walking towards him shooting? Yeah. That was the very same abandoned lower platform of the Ninth Avenue subway station that was used in the very last scene <laughs> of Crocodile Dundee. Do you remember Crocodile Dundee where she says, tell him I love him, and then he walks over everyone like he's walking on top of the sheep to, to, yeah. towards her? Yeah. That was the same set same platform where that was filmed would have been used but, for a lot of things wouldn't it i know but it just happens to be but the thing is though it doesn't end there when he runs away from that shooting he runs up out of the chambers street station right i know it i've been there to this station that station is the same spot where they filmed the that's scene not a knife. that's not a knife that's a knife so in, wow. in the space of 30 seconds, two similarities to Crocodile Dundee, right? Wow. No one picked that up at me. Um, the scene after the shooting, remember when he when he, he's, he's, he's sort of scared, running away, he goes into the bathroom. Do you remember that scene? Yep. Now, in the original script... Because it's he strange, he's dancing to, and all this, yeah. Well, that's right. But in the original script, he was supposed to go in there and hide the gun. But Todd, I remember watching the extra features on the on the blue on the Blu-ray, and he was saying that it just didn't feel right. He goes, on the, what what they what they'd happened, they just received the score. You know the cello score? He just received it, they played it, and he goes, I know exactly what to do. Roll the camera. And that's when he filmed that that slow dance in that room. And he goes, that was we just kept it in. Wow. So that wasn't in the script. So that they decided on the spot. From when he heard the sort of that melancholic cello score. So I guess if he had have hidden the like, gun, he could have gone back and gotten it before the the, the well, that's the TV right. Show. So it kind of changed the whole sort of the whole direction of the film. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix became the second actor to win an Oscar for portraying the Joker. Oh, really? The first one being our our very own Heath Ledger. Oh, Heath course, Ledger yes. played the Joker in The Dark Knight and posthumously won the Best Actor Oscar for The Dark Knight, which, would make, if you haven't seen that, is a brilliant, brilliant performance. Yeah, like no, I haven't. And Joaquin I think I Phoenix-level brilliance there, right there for our uh, 
for the late Heath Ledger. Um, some the, the the behind the scenes, according to director Todd Phillips, like Joaquin Phoenix was very much a method. He sort of he never ever wanted to uh, rehearse. He was always an on the spot, had to sort of be in the moment sort of actor. And Todd Phillips would say that often he would sometimes just walk off the set. If he wasn't feeling it, he'd just walk off. And then he'd, he'd gather himself and come back and then they'd shoot the scene. Funny enough, he never, ever did that when he was on, st- on set with Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is apparently one of his idols. There was a bit of friction apparently beforehand. De Niro, who's very much an established actor, he's got his own process. He likes to do a read-through of a script. Joaquin Phoenix refused. He said, I never do that. I'm not going to do it. But eventually they talked him into getting in a room, going through the script together, and they 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 had he sort of gave that concession to De Niro. So wow. there was a little bit of a uh, bit of a little bit of a standoff before the film even started shooting. But Phoenix admitted he's a massive uh, Robert De Niro fan, and he uh, he relented there. Uh, the original. What did you think of the length of it? Was it? It was two hours and one minute. Was that? Was that? Uh, no, I thought it was fine. That? Yeah, no, I thought. I thought. I didn't feel like it went on. It didn't drag Would on. It surprise you to learn the original cut of the movie was 155 minutes. So they, they cut out yeah. a fair bit of the movie. Apparently, what Todd Phillips was saying was that every time Joaquin Phoenix got in front of the camera, he did something different. He said he could have had he could have he, they, apparently they edited this movie for a year and a half. They had so much footage. They didn't know what to include. So what he ended up doing is having snippets of those scenes that never made the movie. He included them in the trailer. He included it in promotional oh, shots yeah. and things like that. So a fair bit of the movie were, was was cut, but there is no deleted scene section on the disc or anything like that. So it's yeah, right. alternate versions of the same scenes is probably what made it so long, and then they had to trim it. Um, did you notice? Now, we're going to ask you, did you pick the year the movie was set in? I did mention it. It is mentioned in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I just would have said 50s or something. No, no, 1981. It was oh, okay. 1981. So it was sort of pre. You know, it's hard to tell because, you know, yeah. Gotham yeah. is, you know, it's descended yeah. into Gotham darkness. Is, you don't really. Yeah. It was, it was 19, 1981. The reason yeah. I went with the 50s was the, the shot of him. Uh, it, was, it was like he was going to walk into Robber Bank, but he uh-huh. didn't, which, by yeah. the way, is, is likely where she worked. Yes, it is. Yeah, no? it is. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just felt like that 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 building and that everything just struck me as fifties. But anyway, yeah. For the record, it was nineteen eighty one. Okay. Now the staircase. Yes. Saw it early in the movie. Where are we going, Stephen? Because we have he to go. Does, yeah, he does the dance walking down the stairs, and it's become known as the Joker stairs. They're actually located in the Bronx. Oh. These are the stairs that connect Shakespeare and Anderson Avenues at West. 167th Street in Highbridge in the Bronx. So next time we're in New York, we're going to catch a train out to the Bronx. And we'll be and standing we'll be there with a million other people trying to get the same photo. Right, yeah. There's a few people. Imagine trying to get trying to get a shot with no one on it. I bet you it never happened. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck. You have to get, do it at like 1 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. And get yeah, shot you while you're there. Earlier on, uh, how skinny was Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Would you believe he dropped 24 kilos? Which for you and me isn't going to make us look like that. But for him, no. yeah. man, he looked sick, which was and perfect. how he did it, apparently he said in an interview, he just ate an apple a day. That's all he had for to eat was one apple a day until he dropped the weight. Wow. Remarkable. He said he never, he did an interview on, with Jimmy Kimmel saying, look, I never went out with people. He goes, because all our socializing is eating and drinking. So I never went out, never did anything. 
stayed home, ate an apple a day, and just let the let the weight drop off him. Uh, another did you notice that someone else picked up too was the woman he rescued on the train. Remember the woman that was on the train? The, the bloke was throwing French fries at it and she hightails it out of there. Uh, apparently, she's seen later in the movie. She's oh. in when when she he sees a uh, the taxi driving by and there's a person in the back wearing a clown mask. Apparently, that was her. That same woman who was on the train was the woman behind the clown mask. Wow! According to great sources, but uh, that's that's the that's Joker. It's not the Joker. It's Joker. Yeah. 2019, and I'm really glad you've seen it and got to experience it because it is, I think, one of the best movies in recent years. Oh, look, I'm fascinated by it. I have so many questions because I think that a sequel could follow up on whether the adoption was was doctored or whether it was real, you know, proving yep. whether or not Thomas Wayne made that up or whether she really did give birth to him. Like so many, there's so yeah. many unanswered questions. I, I would err to the side where she's nuts. The mother, the mother's, yeah, she's, uh, she's I don't know. Not, I, not I, I, mate, but come on. The idea of Joker Imagine and Batman. That. Wow. Come on, like yeah. you can't yeah, tell that, me that's, that's not in the incredible. universe. Incredible, yeah, I know. But and that, that's the thing, though. There are so many. The 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 Heath Ledger Joker had a different backstory, and and like he had scars on his face because his father cut him open. You should smile more, and that's why the, he has got the scars in his face. But in this right. movie, Arthur Fleck doesn't know his father. Jack Nicholson had a whole other. You know, he dropped into a vat of acid, and that's why he's got white skin. So. There's so many Joker origin stories. This is just another one. So what's your uh, what's our wrap-up, mate? What's our rating here you're going to give us? Look, love the movie. I've got no dramas with it. But I'm going to be – I am going to be lower than previous movies because it's just – and this I – th- I need to understand whether or not when you're giving a movie a rating, it's, it's about the whole overall performance or whether it's just your yeah. opinion of the movie because, you know, it's so subjective, right? But yeah. for me, this is – when you talk about the other movies we've, we've seen as not eights and nines and stuff – this yeah. is like a seven to me because it's not yeah. my kind of movie. Yeah, um, I'll give it a solid eight. I'm a solid eight with this. It, it's yeah. a lot darker and, and more violent than I it's would It's not normally. everyone's cup of tea, is it? Yeah. It's, it? It's pretty – like I reckon if my parents watched this, they'd be shocked. It's shocking, the yeah. movie. So, yeah. So, look, yeah. I love it. And, not and, so you show the kiddies either. So, yeah. It's not no, this has got a few years before yeah. Jacko's watching this one. Yeah, totally. Well, that's it. Joker. Our, our, your homework for next week, Trevor. Yeah. Is the Alfred Hitchcock classic from 1960, Psycho. Yeah, wow, we're going way back. That is our next movie. Came out in 1960, a classic Alfred Hitchcock film, one of his many classic films. But All right, uh, well, well, I and everyone else listening can fire up your fetch uh, and search for Psycho. And the great thing, again, about fetch is you can use the search to find it universally across all the different apps and platforms. So if it's on one of the streaming services you subscribe to, you can just watch it there. Otherwise, you can rent or buy it directly through the Fetch Movie Store. That's what I'll be doing within the next few days so that we can get together and talk psycho. Look forward to it, mate. We'll talk to you next week. See you then.